Welcome back to the Motown Rundown. It is a victory Monday for us. October 19th, 2020 is the year. Uh, guys, feeling great, feeling strong. Alliance win off the bye week. You love to see it. Ryan Collins. Ryan, I don't know if you, first of all, I don't know why I called you Ryan. That felt really weird. You said some things on the podcast last week in the pick section that you might want to listen to and walk back because my I'm not going to walk back any of it. Guess what? I said the Jacksonville Jaguars would win last week. I was wrong. I was wrong about that. And you are not happy. Gonna... You're happily wrong. I'm happy I'm wrong. I'm happy I'm Good. wrong. Guess what? This team's still not doing anything. So Okay, well, well I'm glad we started They should have won that game by 50. Already. They should have won that game by 50. You can just never be satisfied, can you? The Lions win by double. What do you, are you actually satisfied? I, I'm no, just no, 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 no. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into. I know. It, I'm not gonna. Just, I'm not gonna like blow over and talk about. It. I'm just saying. I. It, it was a. It was a win. They took care of business. It was a win. They're supposed. supposed a win to is a win. Um. How's everyone doing, guys? How are we feeling? I'm good. Good. I. I. I I'm juiced for some Big Ten football this weekend. Yes, that's so, huge, dude. We love it's gonna start feeling like real life soon. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for Michigan State football as well. I'm good. I am very good. It's my, it's my buddy's 21st birthday tomorrow, so I guess today when people listen to this, whatever. So I'm excited for that. That's always a good time. Other than that, by the way, we have plans to go to a cider mill with a bunch of guys, so I'm going to stick oh. right to you guys, and we're going to have a great time, and we're probably going to take picks. Wait, I thought you were on my side, Trent, about that. What's up? I thought you were on my side. That It's kind of weird for just dudes to go to a cider mill. No, no, no. It was you and Raps. I was the oh. one was like, that sounds like a great Yeah, team. no, no. I, I'm on Collins. I'm completely in the same boat. It's just not a – there's nothing wrong with it. Like, if you want to hang out with the guys, go no, for it. No, there's nothing just, wrong with it, but it's just – It's just it's tough, a tough look, dude. Two weeks ago, I might need to pull some receipts. You guys were getting on me for saying that it would be fun. Uh, I don't, it's not that it's not fun. You go there, you probably have a couple of those like hard cider type of things. You have some donuts. You're like, oh, this is pretty good. But are you going on a weekend? No, we're going on Tuesday, tomorrow. Okay, then that's probably fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a good time. We're not missing any football, put it that way. The whole aspect of missing sports. I was going to say, is there some game tomorrow because of COVID? Like, it seems like there's Tuesday football now. No, no. No. Only Bachelorette tomorrow. All right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Well, anyways, I'm doing well. I mean, Rats today, are... tonight, sorry. We need to be better at that. I feel like yeah, we never – It's always weird because we're like, yeah, when people listen to it, that's kind of our thing. It's our trademark. We say I feel it. like people don't care, though. Do you think people care? Like if we're about to what? say it's Monday or Tuesday? Well, I think it just gives context. Like I like to say we're here on Monday so people understand the context of what we're doing. People could be listening to this episode 10 years from now. That's what I'm saying. In the archives. When I listen to like podcasts, like when I'm like binging other people's podcasts, I really don't care what day it is. Yeah, true. Very I don't true. know. This this has been an interesting discussion. Getting yeah, enlightened. Yeah, it has. It, it's it brings a little. Can we even say what the day is next podcast? We're like welcome in. Let's do a social experiment. I like that. Yeah, I won't. Fine, I won't say it next week. No, I'm, I, I, Twitter I like what we do. I'm just saying it's interesting. I feel like we might be onto something. Let's try it. We'll try it next week. I don't know what we're on to, but I feel like we're on to something. We're on to something. I got that same feeling right now. Rabs, how are you? I'm going to ask like for the third time. I, I keep I – keep, oh, I'm great. I'm great. I got in. Um, as, as some of you may know, I was recently – if anyone follows me on the social media channels, 
Um, I was recently in Denver this weekend, so I got back in uh, this afternoon. Nice uh, 6.55 a.m. flight out of Denver this morning, which was a tough wake up, um, but had a great time out there this weekend. Have you guys ever been to Colorado, like anywhere around that area? No, I hear it's sick, though. I'm a big, like, I'm a, I'm a very big nature and outdoorsy guy. Not, I mean, I don't mean to, like, I don't mean to, like, be a poser because I, I obviously, like, I don't, like, hunt or do that kind of stuff. I'm not, like, a weirdo. Not, I shouldn't say weirdo. But I just like being outdoors. I appreciate nature. I like the outdoors. Um, this was, like, unbelievable. We went hiking in the Rocky Mountain National Park. Pictures don't do it justice. Like, it's like, I, it was like out of a movie seeing some of this stuff. So that was awesome. Nice little uh, nine-mile hike in the elevation on Saturday. How are you? Uh, went to Red Rocks. That was where I, the first time I thought I was going to have trouble in this altitude was when I was climbing the stairs to Red Rocks. And I had to stop on one of the platforms because I was out of breath. But I don't even think it was like an altitude thing. I think it was just out of shape because I was skipping steps to get up there quickly. That was tough. I thought I was going to have problems there. Um, but other than that, Denver, cool city. Unfortunate that there was really not a lot going on because of the COVID. Um, and there was no sports going on downtown. Um, but good times. And then I got to give a shout out to my people at the Candlelight Tavern. I found the only Lions bar in Denver, which was there unbelievable. And I walk in. I, Collins, I, was, I was telling Trent before the show. It reminded me of like the Roadhouse pub, like not Harrison Roadhouse, but like the pub next to it. Oh yeah, there. that place is pretty. Just the it's just the small like small little place, and it has the door to this place was like Rick's, where it's like you can't see into the building at all, and you just open the door and you have no idea what you're walking into. So you roll up in there, and I was expecting you know like a couple people to be in there, packed with Lions fans, like jerseys. Like the old, like old school, like Letterman jackets, like Trent has. They played. They had some Kid Rock on before kickoff. They sang the Gridiron Heroes when when the Lions won. So it was awesome. I mean, it was great to be with my people on Sunday. I loved it. Well, my brother when he lived out in Houston, there was like a Michigan State bar, and he would always send me videos, and people would get fired up for that. Like being an out of town fan, I think that's like the one aspect that you have. You're like, okay, like Sundays are gonna be like a ritual. Like, you're like, no, what? I, I'm going to go, like, I don't know if your Uncle Steven does this. He's like, no, what? I'm going to go to the Arizona, like, go wherever the bars are in Arizona, go to the Lions bar and get after it. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't have, like, the NFL package. and He doesn't get the Lions game at his house. So he goes, I don't think he goes to a Lions specific bar, but he's at a bar by himself every Sunday watching the Lions game. But that's what. See, I, 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 love I don't that, know how many... Uncle Steven, I love that. Wow. Well, that's it, dude. It's, he lives for it. It's unbe- he's a legend. But He's like, do you want a beer? He's like, no. Do you mean six waters? Do you mean, yeah, do you mean not, six wings and maybe some either. side of fries? He doesn't drink either. He treats his body like a temple, so he just crushes like 12 glasses of water and watches the game by himself. Have to. Got to um, be locked in. I don't know. See, it's, it's interesting because I know all these big cities, you can generally find, you know, like, oh, like there's – you know, like this team has a bar, this school has a bar. Like I know they're out there. I don't know how many like NFL teams have a quote unquote like bar where fans go to in Denver. But the fact that there was a Lions bar, like you said, Collins, like having like a Michigan State bar. If I lived out of town, or if I like lived in Denver, I every Sunday that's I would be too. in the White that's, Tavern. Like that's like everyone that's, knew each other. Everyone knew each other. Did they? That's that's yeah. that sounds like the greatest thing of all time. The owner the was in time. there too. 
I will say the thing that the thing that bothers me, and I know we've had this discussion before about like I can't stand watching games at a bar, but I just had to because of the circumstances. Because I can't tell you how many times I'm like, we're like Stafford drops back the pass, and it's like one two, and you got to hear this guy across the bar throw the ball, throw the ball, or it's like I'm sitting here screaming like like pound the rock, pound the rock. This guy's like throw it, and I just I couldn't do it. It was that was the one. That was the only thing that I would have changed about that experience. I just can't stand like other fans because I always think I'm right, you know. Yeah, I think, like, that's that's I fair. Right. But it was frustrating. Four dollar burgers Good. couldn't beat it. Who was it? That's unreal. It was great. It was great. Shout out Candlelight Pub. Yes, it was great. So that was my Denver experience. Go check me out on Instagram if you want to see some cool pictures. Yeah, I saw those pictures. Like the, I feel like my cousin, I think, went out to like Jackson a couple weeks ago, and he took a similar picture like you did, or like on the rock. Do you like pay the guy in your, one of your buddies in your group? You're like, hey, you're staying like <laughs> 700 feet behind me, so I can take this sick picture. I it, yeah, I mean, it was I I handed the camera. First of all, in that picture, that was like Get, so there's like reference? a lake. You got to reference the picture for all the listeners who don't. Yeah, so Instagram. so I took. We went on this hike, like I said, like a nine mile hike. I think it was like two thousand. The elevation was like two thousand feet on top of whatever we were already above sea level. Um, but you, you, the hike led us to this nice, like unbelievable lake inside of this just wall of mountains. And there was like it was snowing because you're so high up there, windy, like freezing rain, snow, and like you couldn't even hear yourself talk. It was so windy up there. But I was like, this is going to be a time for a great candid picture. So I hand my phone off to my friend. I'm like, I'm going to go walk out there, just snap a couple pics. So I literally like stood out there like I was looking out into like the wilderness, like a vision quest of sorts. And I'm like, did you get the, did you get some? He's like, I think so. I'm like, great. So then you just run back and you're like, oh, these will work. And then they go right to the Instagram. But yeah, it's all a setup. It's it definitely a setup. I'm not ashamed to, to admit it. It was a good aesthetic. It was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not discrediting that. I just. I. I just need to know the logistics of that. Because that like camera seemed like you're a million miles away. Yeah. No. It was. It wasn't as far as you think. But there was no payment involved. But you got to do what you got to do. For great the picture. Great picture, nonetheless. Thank Compliments yes. all around here on the Motown Rundown. You had a great trip. I'm glad to hear it, as we all are. Glad. For I the needed it. Travels. Glad for the no COVID. Yes. I needed it bad. And I like, I hate to say it, but like coming home now, I'm just like right back in the slump, like yeah. right back to reality, back in the slump. So we'll figure it out from here. Um, I digress. So let's talk lions. I don't think we have anything else to do today, but lions. Um, but I sure think that we have a lot to unpack here. Lions beat the Jags 34 to 16 on Sunday. Uh, Deandre Swift, welcome to the team. 14 carries, 116 yards and two touchdowns. Crazy what happens when you hand him the ball. Uh, credit to the Lions defense this week, only allowing 275 total yards, 44 rushing yards as well. Um, whoever wants the floor, thoughts, comments, concerns, what would you like on Sunday? I like Deandre Swift. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I, and shout out to me. Not, didn't start him in fantasy, too. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, I hope that's a recipe for things to come where they're going to start giving him the ball as the featured back and then sprinkle and carry on a little bit. I mean, you see carry on's Instagram where he's like, when you do a group assignment, you barely do anything, you get an A. Like, that that, that was pretty funny. It is like funny. He, he, he's, he's leaning into the fact that he's not getting any carries, which I 
I don't know if I like or don't like, but like I think he needs the ball a little bit more too, because he he can do stuff in the pass game too. Like not like not like more than AP can for sure. So if you want to bring him in on third down, I don't know. Does use carry on more? I was happy with everything else. Thoughts. I thought Stafford played really well this week, and the D-line did what they had to do, and it's a bad offensive line. They got to the quarterback, they created pressure, and they were able to cause – how many turnovers did they have? One? I mean, they, they forced the one fumble. Two, Harvard a fumble and a pick, pick, I think. So, so two. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Two, but there are the, turnovers on downs. I don't think those – Yeah. Deliver. I was thinking about this. Turnovers on downs should count for fantasy football points for your defense. Do they not? No. That's kind of eh, dumb. I, don't know. I mean, I get, it makes sense because it's like – it makes sense know. why they don't because it's essentially the other team just chooses to go for it, and if they don't get it, then – well, I hear you. It's kind of, it's still a turnover. You're forced Well, to- I mean, regardless of that, I, I mean, I'm not going to come on here and say I thought this was going to happen. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. They showed up. They made Gardner Minshew look terrible. Still a Gardner Minshew guy. I just – I, I I mean, I know the Jaguars played pretty well the first two games of the year. I just I, I don't know how much stock I'd put into this week. Well, that's they, that's... I, I mean, they did what they had to do off the bye. And is Patricia 3 0 after the bye? I don't know. I think he great, is. A great I, know he won, is. I know he won in 2018 off the bye. Last year, no, he can't be. Because last year wasn't. No, no, he is. He is. You're correct. Last year, yeah. the Giants right after the bye. And that was the last win of the year. So hey, maybe maybe he's good off the bye. Positive for Matt, Matt Patricia. Yeah, I mean it's it's maybe he's good when he gets two weeks to overlining glass at full. Yeah, no. Let, let me let me start with this just because you kind of alluded to it, Collins. I, somehow Adrian Peterson Adrian Peterson still got the most carries, and like I think we all genuinely like the guy as a player too. Like he he spices it up a little bit, and I like his mental edge. He's always prepared. He's always locked in. But my thing is, like, if you're telling me that carry-on can't give you 2.7 yards per carry, which is what AP had yesterday uh, or Sunday, you're just wrong. Like, AP can absolutely come in on first – or, excuse me, carry-on Johnson can absolutely come in every first down and get you three or four yards like Adrian Peterson's doing. And he's more likely to break one than AP is. And he can do more in the passing game like Collins mentioned. But I digress. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a fantastic game if you spread the wealth a little bit. And, and I want to I want to talk about the Lions' defense for a second because is it is it James Robinson? I don't know why I can never remember his first name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookie out of Illinois State. He 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 has been averaging sixty seven yards per game going into this Lions game. Lions held him to a season low twenty nine yards and two point four yards per carry. Now I'm not going to act like he's some elite running back because he's not. He's a rookie. He's only played six games in his career, but. That's at least a little bit of a sign. Like this Lions defense came in with a game plan and they actually stopped. And, and yes, it was one of the maybe two or three threats that we mentioned on the last podcast that you had to clue in on uh, in, in, on this Jaguars offense because there's not that many weapons. But like I said, it's still just something that you can maybe get a little excited about, you know, because next week you got Todd Gurley. We'll talk about the Falcons game way later when we do the picks. Also, Jeff Okuda looks better every week. I know that he's got a lot to work on, and, and there were a couple throws uh, on Sunday where he got burned a little bit. But you still do have Justin Coleman coming back soon. You hopefully have a healthy Desmond Trufant coming back soon. This was a good game for him to take off, by the way. Clearly, it didn't matter whether or not he played. The defensive line got pressure all game. 
Uh, Trey Flowers made a nice play just to save points at the end of the game or end of the first half. As Collins predicted, you know, the D-line would get in there a little bit against the battle line. Yeah, I did predict. I said if they didn't, that, I mean, well, might yeah, as well just like give up the season. Exactly. So, so on that front, you're correct. And, and, and my biggest takeaway from this game was, was not even DeAndre Swift. It's that Matthew Stafford is so good when you give him a running game. Like, if, if, you just, if you just balance it a little bit and you give Matthew Stafford the option to do RPOs and play action and that kind of thing, and he's, he's not seeing ghosts constantly and he can step into every throw, he's, he's fantastic. I know he didn't have that – like, he didn't have an eye-popping stat line yesterday, Ravs. I'm sure you got the numbers. But it was like he, he, he looked confident. He, he put drives – He played his best game. He made great throws all day. And like I said, not a jaw-dropping stat line, but, you know, just one touchdown, I believe. But he's still, you know, by the way, he's now throwing a touchdown against every NFL team. I'm sure you guys saw that. But I just think if you give Stafford a run game, this team is great. And my last thing here is you have to keep throwing to TJ Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay because those two guys will put you in a position to win. And, And, you know, on the back half of that point, Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola could realistically be, like, the best third, fourth option in the league. Seriously, think about it. Like, that's your third and fourth option to throw to. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty That's not true. Well, well, I mean, okay, the Chiefs have guys all over the field. I get it. And when, Atlanta's when probably got better receivers. Yeah, I would say Atlanta. Week. I would even – I would make the case that Jacksonville might be a little deaper wide receiver-wise. Between Cole and Shark and uh, – what's the other Chenault. guy? Conley. Chenault. Better oh, than yeah. Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. Dude, did Marvin Jones Amendola is not good. I don't know no, what no, you're saying, no, Trent. Trent, Trent, what are you saying? He's trusty. He's trusty. This is what I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about, your third and fourth option to throw to. You're not going to throw to him that much, obviously. And, no, Marvin Jones didn't do a whole lot yesterday. He wasn't asked to. You guys get what I'm saying. Just a year ago, he tied, the, tied for the fourth most touchdowns in the league, and he missed, like, three or four games at the end of the season. I'm just saying. I still have little to no problem with the offense, my bottom line. Like, Daryl Bevel, I really think he knows what he's doing. My one gripe with the offense is the run game, as it is for all of us, because somehow DeAndre Smith goes for 100-plus yards and two tubs and didn't even get the most carries in the game. Like, that that just doesn't add up to me. But I genuinely believe that Patricia and Bevel are watching the film. They're going over this kind of thing, and it's trending in the right direction. Carry-on needs more carries, but whatever. I just – I really like Daryl Bevel. And, and I want him as the interim guy if Coach Pencil gets fired at some point. So those are my biggest takeaways from this game. I, I just – like I, sa- I said last week on the picks, I'm not going to, like, come in today and, like, act like this is a huge win. I don't want to oversell a win because, Collins, you're right. They could have 50 on the Jags if they, you know, took care they, of – Yeah, they – the thing about it is in that first half, they could have, like, stepped on, the, like, the neck and they could have ended that game. They really didn't. Yeah. I'm hanging around. And I mean, they're, I mean, the defense kind of picked up the offense there at the end, but I mean, it, I mean, they just, they beat a bad team and they, they did, did what they, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's nothing. And I'm the, I'm a person who thought they weren't going to do that. So I, I mean, I was wrong. So maybe they didn't do what they're supposed to do, but I, I mean, I still, I, I, I mean, Galladay, Galladay in this offense is obvious. I think it's definitely, it's obvious. I think it's obvious that he's a top ten receiver in the league, so he has that big of an impact on your offense that it just carries on everywhere else. And finally, using Swift. I mean, I'll get Rabs in the mix because I, I, I'm sure you got some strong takes. Yeah, I. You know, to be honest, I I hate to do this, and I don't really. I just I can't I can't ignore my feelings on this. Is I I really wasn't 
all that impressed with the win. And the reason why I say that is because I think compared to especially you, Collins, I had this – I think I just have – I hold the Lions to a higher standard than maybe I should. Maybe that's just, that's just me being my blind Kool-Aid drinking self. But there was never a point in this game leading up to the game and in the game where I thought the Lions were going to lose. Like at, at any point, did you guys think that they were in trouble of losing the game at no. all? No. But and I like that – it was nice at the end of the at the end of the first half, though. I mean, did you ever think the Lions were going to lose that game to Chicago until they actually lost that game? No, sure. Uh, you know, I, I would say that. I mean, maybe there was a feeling there just because Chicago's a better team than Jacksonville. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Like, I, there's, but, there's like no at the end of the first ever... half, there was a little glimmer. I was like, they should be up like three or four touchdowns already. But I mean, they they got it done the second half, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, I, I, I know I'm at least – I'm happy with the fact that they actually held on to a lead and we didn't have to hear more of Patricia's stats about how many leads that he's blown. Um, I, you know, I, I'm echoing a lot of what you guys said. DeAndre Swift showed you what I think everyone that watched DeAndre Swift play in college knew he was capable of. And maybe it was a combination of, you know, he, he had a bit of a letdown – the one obviously glaring letdown play week one with the drop touchdown pass – being a rookie, maybe not being as, as familiar with the playbook, and just trying to see where he fits into the scheme. But like you said, Trent, like I, I don't know at what point Daryl Bevel, if at all this season, is just going to be like, you know what, this is the guy that's getting the ball every down. But whether it's him or carry on, because as you said, they both bring versatility to an offense that I think last year was a lot more creative and gave you many more different looks than you're seeing this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they bring in Adrian Peterson as just the guy that you know that you can turn around and give the, give the guy the ball in a single back or an eye formation and let him get you a couple chunk yards on first down, second down, whatever, like whatever you want to do. So I watched teams like the Chiefs tonight, and I hate to compare – comparing the Lions to the Chiefs is stupid because the Chiefs are on, are on a different echelon of football team. But the Chiefs are so much faster, and, and they use their weapons so much better than the Lions. And, you know, when I watch this team play, I, I tell you guys every week, like, it's so hard for Lions receivers to find separation. And, and I know that Stafford played a decent enough game. I truly don't think he has played near his best football yet this year. The stats were underwhelming when he did what he had to do. But I just think the, the offense to me – I really haven't been all that impressed with Daryl Bevel this year. I'm going to be completely honest. I we, we talk about it every week of how I don't love the way that he uses Adrian Peterson. If you want to have the guy punch the ball in on the goal line or get you some chunk yards, fine. But when you have a guy like Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift, and even Bo Scarborough, who's supposed to be coming back soon too, they can be like can feel like a power back role. I just don't get why they're so hung up on giving the ball to Peterson. Like, you watch teams like the Saints that use Kamara, all these other teams that use their running backs that are just quick and you can throw little screen passes to and let them run in the open field. That's what DeAndre Swift can do. And he caught some passes out of the backfield and looked good as well. So I'm not like that. I don't know between Carrion and DeAndre Swift if I think that Swift is that much better of an every-down runner than Carrion Johnson. But Carrion Johnson does not get the ball nearly enough. And it's just a travesty because you're limiting – your offense, like to me, it, it's still so like every first down or just like a telegraph run. Like there's no creativity anymore. When they do try to get creative, it's like stupid, like Matthew Stafford run around the ends or like or like the like Jamal Agnew gets involved somehow. Like, I don't, I don't love that. So 
I, I thought the offense looked fine. I mean, they put up points, which was great. I just think that, number one, I don't think Matthew Stafford has played his best football yet. Number two, they need to figure out what they want to do with the running backs because I can just see them going back to – if Adrian – I could just – I know Adrian Peterson is going to be the starting running back next week. Like, I have no – I don't know. There's no shot. If, if, think, if that happens – you think that Swift comes out on the field for play one? If he doesn't, I mean, Patricia should be ejected into space. <laughs> I just, I just don't have the faith that they're going to make that switch because I think that or Bevel. Just, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, we give Patricia a lot of credit for that. That's Bevel's call. He's the OC. Swift, Swift, yeah, that's what I. Swift will start next week. One well, I, I hope, I hope so. But you got to get carry on Atlanta when he's from Georgia. Trust me, these guys buy into that kind of stuff. They will start him. He will start. You, you just, you plain and simply have to get carry on involved more. I, I don't know what like his. I don't know what Carrion's thinking. Like, I, 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 he seemed like to be a pretty high character guy. That's just like, you know, hey, I'll, I'll play my role, whatever it is. But they, they use him like I, I feel like I saw him on like two or three possessions yesterday, which just isn't enough. So, you know, I, I Collins made a good point last week, and you know, he said he, I think he almost made us promise that you can't get too high on this game and, and buy right back in. And I'm not going to. I'm very happy with the win, but like I said, my standard for the Lions this week was just high enough to where you're better than this Jacksonville team. I don't know like what Jacksonville has to offer. I mean, I'm not a huge Gardner Minshew guy. I think that their offense, as far as who they have to throw the ball to and hand the ball off to, is fine. I mean, their defense is depleted because they got rid of everyone. But like, like Colin said as well, that offensive line for the Jags is, is a mess. So as far as the pass rush, I mean, yeah, I think they did a better job of collapsing the pocket. They did. They were able to somehow stop the run. The, the biggest glaring thing to me that was disappointing, I, I, there were so many positives that were building in this game until the fourth quarter, the, the one touchdown drive that Jacksonville had, it was like we were out there playing defense. Like, they, I was just pass after pass after pass down the field and the Lions had no answer. And that's just my biggest concern with this defense. And I know that they're always, you know, it's always bend, don't break. They don't make a lot of plays, but it's like missed tackles, missed assignments, bad angles, like terrible coverage. It just, it, it, that was like very concerning to me. Well, I just, are you talking about the drive in the fourth quarter? With about yeah, didn't, didn't they – they only had one touchdown, the Jags, correct? Or am I completely wrong? And you ran for one and then the one oh, – Yes. So yeah. the, so the, the passing touchdown – my God. Tavai looked so bad on that Yes, play. that – I mean, that was – that was like I, – I, I felt it's like my dad out there like trying to like tackle me in the yeah. open field. That's what I almost was. felt bad. It's hard, it's hard to defend a play like that. Like my roommate said the same thing. But it's like – Minshew was going to score either way probably. It doesn't matter. It's like – Eh, well, that was bad. He's just—he's not laterally quick. Let's just put that. In the well, you gotta be laterally quick, dude. I mean, I just think whatever that drive. You know what? You know the drive I'm talking about was—was was yes, the Minshew yes. running touchdown the last touchdown they scored? No, was the, no, no. the passing was touchdown? James Robinson. I mean, they—they they got down the field. It felt like it was like ten seconds, and they got down the field, and I was like, we're gonna well, let they make it lose. I mean, that, that was a little bit of a you know the tie against the Cardinals syndrome. They're just running prevent defense. So I don't read too much into that. Surprisingly, I'm usually like on this defense's ass for playing like that. But it's like, I, I think for the most part, that was with about seven and a half minutes left in the game. Yeah. And I think up until that point, you contained them. Granted, this team stinks, the Jaguars. Like, you're not really containing anybody. So I think they did what needed to be done. And I guess that's my one thing, if I can push back a little bit on what you guys have said. It's like, 
the Lions still won convincingly from wire to wire, never trailed, came in with a game plan, executed it. I know it's the worst team in the league. I said last week I wasn't going to pump the Lions' tires on this. I'm not going to. Because if you do it against Atlanta, who is obviously still another bad team, but at least has more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars do, and maybe have that fire under their belly with a new head coach, new motivation, that kind of thing, then, then maybe I'll put a little more stock into that. I'm with you guys in that, like, I'm not putting a ton of stock into this win, but I, I'm not disappointed with much that I saw other than the run game. That's it. Because, Rabs, I want to come back to you for a second. Other than, like, the running game and, and, and distributing the carries, what other gripe do you have with Daryl Bevel? I'm just, I'm just, curious. I just, I just, I feel like the offense last year was a lot more creative and they just opened it up a bit more for Stafford. I also think, too, I, I know I say this every week, and, and maybe people think that it's not a big deal, but I do as far as, like, do you do you see how rarely the Lions have receivers that are, like, wide open for passes? Like, I watched the – Well, like Hawkinson dropped game. one. Right, and they did have a couple drops in that game. Like, I think Kenny dropped one, too. But oh, okay, okay. Kenny Galladay, real quick, real quick. Kenny Galladay. Unreal. No, no, he, he's, he's great. Like you said, Collins, he is a top-ten receiver in the league. That dude needs to just make an effort to catch some balls sometimes where it's like – What? Okay. I'm no, so, no, no. Did on, you see the on. catch he made on the – get him into the red zone? Because yeah, it was, was right there catch. for him. If, if it's three feet to his left, he just oh, – oh. I'm like, bro, dive one time. I'm just oh – right. right. But I just – I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I just – I think that the I'm Lions – I'm just disagreeing. The Lions struggle to just – to have that, like, big – they don't have – I mean, the, the Galladay catch was great. That was, like, a big play. But they don't – I mean – you don't really see the Lions' offense like breaking big plays. I just think a lot of it is because the the maybe the offense has been, I guess, watered down a bit to be more conservative to just like get the ball out of Stafford's hands more like quickly. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe you guys think I'm like completely off my rocker. I just I don't think the offense is is flashy or creative or effective as it was last year. And the the point that I always say again, I watched the Chiefs play Monday Night Football tonight against against the uh, against the Bills. The Chiefs have guys standing like unguarded all the time because they're fast. Their route combinations are awesome, and they utilize their running backs so well in the passing game that you have to respect the checkdown. Like they, like and I mean Mahomes too. You got to spy Mahomes for the most part. So I, I understand it's comparing apples to oranges. I'm just saying the Lions don't have a lot of speed in their receiving core at all. And like I don't like if you're gonna if you want to sign Galladay and extend him, fine. Like I, I'm actually fine with you. Paying him that money. What does like, that like, fine mean? They, they need to. I I understand that. I'm not. I'm not trying to make like a, a case to not do it. I'm saying like you're. Well, you're, pay, you're you're, you're saying fine. it's fine if they sign Kenny Galladay, just a guy who's been top ten production. When staff, I mean, they don't have any dude. Like, I don't think Kenny Galladay is a game breaking wide receiver. He's like he's like Calvin, dude. Like he, he can go up and get balls. He's a big. Yeah, body. you don't need. I mean, that the game breaking. He's game breaking in a different sense. Like you get that's, in the red funny. zone, you get in the red zone. He's a load. That's why the Lions' red zone offense is pretty solid. I mean, yeah, you between Hawkinson and Yagalla, yes, exactly. Between yep. Kenny and Hawk, you're you're like that's the, those are two elite weapons they have in the red zone. But between Amendola, I hate to bar, like brag on Marvin Jones. Cephas obviously didn't play against the Jags, but you know, I like you, you need. A is he hurt? There. What's going on there? Yeah, he was hurt. I think I don't know what he hurt, but he. I think he was play. a healthy scratch. I don't think he's was I mean, he? he. Well, he just doesn't need to play really. Like they. He played in the games when Kenny was hurt, and then since then he hasn't really got. I'd rather have him out there than Danny Amendola. Yeah, like Amendola, like you guys. That's what I mean, Kyle. 
I don't hate him, but it's yes, like he's just not good. You guys have never embraced him. I think he's fine. He's all right. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm he's just saying. He's not bad. The Lions have had way worse receivers than him in the last five Fair. years. Fair. Fair. I will say this, and, and just real quick to some of the things Rab said. I agree with 90% of what you said. I guess what I would just say is, and I know you mentioned it's apples to oranges with the Chiefs. I think it's more of a personnel thing with the Lions than it is scheming because I will also say this. Kenny Galladay is a pretty slow receiver. He's great. He's great, and they do need to pay him. You guys are right. But he's just kind of slow. And it's like it, my, it brings me back to my principle of if this offensive line protects Matthew Stafford and you just give him time to throw, he'll win you the whole game. And if, the, if there is any presence of a running game where you can use any sort of trickery, then you'll also win the game. Like the, To me, that, those are the two biggest things. And, yes, these guys aren't always open, and you're not always scheming them wide open where there's, like, nobody in sight. Like, when you watch the Chiefs or the Ravens or, or the Steelers or, like, teams like that that, like, have great offensive coaches who do that kind of thing. For me, it's more like you're working with what you got here. You got some slower receivers, but they got great hands, and they play hard, and, and they if you got a quarterback who can make those throws even if they're not wide open. So, for me, it's more of – the offensive line, and by the way, Taylor Decker has been fantastic this year. I'll give him that because most yep. players, when they get that kind of money, tail off. We saw what happened with Nick Fairley. You know, like these players get paid and they just they just slack off, especially the guys in the trenches, the big fellas. But for me, it's more of the offensive line giving Stafford time to throw because there is not a throw Matthew Stafford can't make. And and also, it's, it's the run game. And for me, in those two facets, the Lions looked fantastic against the Jaguars, albeit a bad team. But I just – that is some – this is how teams build momentum because you are about to play five more bad teams. So I'm, I'm just – that's all I'm going to say. You've already won as – or two wins now. You've already almost won as many games as you won last year. So I, I, I would just – you know, it, it, that, that's just something for me where it's like Matthew Stafford will win you the game. And the two games that the Lions have won so far, that has been the case. And in the Bears game, really, too. I know he had the bad interception. We don't have to rehash all that. But he did lead you on a game-winning drive and Swift draft the touchdown, whatever. But for me, the bottom line is, like, not necessarily the scheme with Daryl Bevel. I, I've been relatively pleased with what I've seen so far. I would like, for the thousandth time, I would like to see on Johnson get more carries. That's my only gripe with the offense. I think other than that, T.J. Hawkinson looks great. Kenny Galladay looks great. Marvin Jones produces, and he, he's clutch late in games. Danny Amendola's fine. You know what I mean? Those are just things that I think the Lions are checking all the boxes on offense, really. Yeah, I mean, bottom, bottom line for me is my parting words on this game is just that, like, speed kills. I mean, you watch – the, the one thing the NFL has taught me this year is, number one, I mean, I, this is probably going back to the defense, but – like, having a pass rush is half the battle. Like, if, if you can, like, make a quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket. I was watching some of the Cardinals and, and Cowboys game tonight. Like, Andy Dalton was, like, getting murdered out there. And it's hard like, for a guy in his position, too, to get settled in and, and try to make throws is impossible if you don't have time in the pocket. So, <laughs> that and just having speed on the field is huge. And they have that in DeAndre Swift. They have that in Carryon Johnson. They need to use it. Like, I, I think the Lions can be so dangerous if they use DeAndre Swift in, in like, a passing back passing. I think they've been trying to do it, and I think they realize that they can actually handle the ball and he can be productive that way too. But, like, you need to, you need to spread guys out. You need to get your, your running backs involved in the passing game. And I think it's going to open a whole new world for the team. I really do. 
I can't disagree. But that's all I got. Um, that's all I got. Anything else? Anything else in the Jags? Yeah, I mean, they kind of stink. I was wrong. I was very wrong about this game. I thought Minshew would have a nice game. Didn't. Lions played good. Not changing the outlook to the rest of the season, though, from my vantage point. Well, Fair yeah, I, I would I would agree. I can't put enough stock into this where I'm like, okay, yeah, the Lions are going to J-Ron Curse go 6-3 and three now or whatever. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite there, but I'm just going to say the Lions did what needed to be done, and you can at least hit your wagon of that going into next week. Yep, let's get into uh, – we'll do Lions and Falcons, obviously, next Sunday at 1 o'clock in Atlanta. Uh, Falcons are 1-5, coming off a 40-23 to 23 win over the Vikings. Uh, I guess thoughts on this game before we do picks. Um, I'll kick it off. I mean, you're going to see a lot better opponent this week. And between – Trent, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, uh, even this Russell Gage kid that I picked up off the waiver wire in fantasy and hasn't even been good since I did it, um, beside the point. They, they are a much better team. I think Matt Ryan is, is similar to a Matthew Stafford in the standpoint of, like, I think people – are pretty heavily critical of Matt Ryan and the jury's like, you have half the people that are like, will defend Matt Ryan. Like he's a fine quarterback, whatever. Another half is like, no, he stinks. But Matt Ryan's capable of playing the game. uh, And he's proven that Uh, defensively. I don't think the, I mean, the Falcons give up points. They do. I don't really, I'm not really in tune as much to their defense. I would hope that Desmond Trufant is back to play against his old team. Um, But this is just, this is a, a spot for the Lions to where – and really every game from here on out is like, you know, Matt Patricia has a lot to prove. This team has a lot to prove. But this game against the 1-5 Falcons team, who truly – I mean, the record speaks for itself, but even just watching this team play, granted, they fired their head coach last week or two weeks ago. But, like, this is a team that if, if you want to show me something as the Lions, like, you need to go beat this team because this can also be like a typical Lions loss to where we come back here next Monday and we're like, I can't believe that we were even talking positive about this team because because two and four looks like really bad in my eyes. Like that's to where I'm getting into Ryan Collins territory is like, I don't know where else they're supposed to find wins because you had to beat the Falcons there. So I'm not calling this a must win game, but this is a game that you should win. And if Matt Patricia – This is the, the game Lions the, Lions, have, the Lions do win. This is the game the Lions do win. They bring so, you back this week. <laughs> well, that, that's – I mean, I, I, I would hope that's the case. I mean, they, they definitely can. Um, I guess we can save picks for a couple more minutes. But that, those are just my initial thoughts. You're going you're gonna to have – your defense is going to have to show up. Like, Matt Ryan is another quarterback that if you can get to him, like, he'll – like. He can fall apart if you get to him quickly. So you need to get pressure on him. I don't know who they're expecting to guard Julio or Calvin Ridley, so good luck. But, any like again, Todd Gurley, too, who isn't the same Todd Gurley as of late, but he's been able to put up some decent numbers this year, mostly on the on the ground because they don't use him in the passing game a ton. Um, but, yeah, that's those are my initial thoughts before I give away my picks. Collins, you got anything? No, I don't. I'm very sorry. Sorry for the pause there to our listeners. I'm very confused with going outside my door in my room. A lot of commotion. No, it's okay. The only reason I paused was because the pecking order in this podcast is usually it. We just go right down the line. It's like. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, no, I mean, okay. the, Fel- the Falcons are like, they have good weapons. They're good on offense, but they also stink at defense. And I'm, they're screaming through my door. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. Hey, that's all right. It's okay, you, though. You guys who it gives the show character. <laughs> <Because>. <laughs> I 
Ryan Collins is opening the door right now for our listeners. He was just, ready to get out there and just climb down to some throws. Just ready to get a little talking to him, but he's hanging in there. I'll say this about the Falcons. They, they give up 31 points a game, about, 30.7. Yeah. And, and they also – they score 27 points a game. So all their games are close. They find a new way to lose every week. It's kind of like vintage Lions. Hate to bring that up. But it's one of those deals. This is not a bad team. This is a team with a bad record. It's a talented team with a bad record because they seem to find a way to lose every single week. You know, you saw from the Dallas just not picking up the onside kick to, you know, the Bears game just, just absolutely choking – against two different quarterbacks. I mean, it's like – it's night and day how good the Falcons can be. And it's like a real question which Falcons are going to show up. I picked the Falcons to win the NFC South going into the year. Probably my worst pick of the year. Like, I just – they're so talented, man. It's hard to it's hard to think that, like, they beat – I never saw this coming, one and five. What I will say is this. Yes, they have weapons. Todd Gurley is averaging about 70 rushing yards per game. You have to stop him. If, if, if Listen, the Lions stopped James, Rob, James Robinson. I'll give him credit where credit's due. He ain't Todd Gurley. you got to stop Todd Gurley. You have to stop the run, and you'll win. I know Julio and Calvin Ridley are, are – that's a, that's a very scary tandem. But I believe – and this is crazy that this is coming out of my mouth. I believe in this Lions secondary if and only if, if the defensive line gets pressure again. Because I'll tell you what, last week – and I, I feel like I say this every week, but last week against the Jaguars, the Lions got the best pressure I've seen in the Patricia regime. Now that is against a very bad O-line, I understand. I'm just saying, if you can transfer over any of that pressure to Matt Ryan, he'll make mistakes. He, he's, he's Kirk Cousins-esque in that, in that, from that standpoint. And I just think if you get pressure, I believe in the Lions secondary to bend, not break, you know, vintage Lions Memorial, like Ryan Rabinowitz said earlier, you bend, don't break, whatever. And, and you maybe force one or two turnovers and you win the game, you win a close game on the road. Should we do picks? Let's do them. All right, we'll do the picks now. Um, leaderboard here, Trent, great week for you, picking up two wins there, six and four. Ryan Collins with two. I was listening to the podcast from last week before we did this, and I, I, I couldn't believe some of the things that Ryan – and you admitted to it, Collins. You owned up to it. You were very oh. hard on the Lions. They so, stink. They still, I still think they stink, okay? I, I'll say it. That's but fine. Hey. You're entitled to your opinion, but Collins but what's it called? Four. Trent, did you do any research this week? Can we do a little law and order? No, because I know we're wrong, but I just want to keep saying Rabs is 9-1 because it pisses them off. Well, let me let me have the floor here as the reigning champion. All right, nine if you listen, no, hang on a second. You 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 quiet down over there. If you listen to the podcast last week, which was titled Picksgate for a reason, there was controversy over my picks record to where I told everyone, which is factual, that I was eight and zero going into last week, which I was. And Ryan Collins and Trent Bailey, who are supposed to be my friends and co-workers in this journey of life that we have gone through together on this podcast who are supposed to support me called out my integrity and my character and told me that I was lying. Not even that I was wrong, that I was lying about my picks. And I, lying. all I asked you guys, Coward. We, had a week, we had a week between shows and all I asked you guys as my friends was if you're going to put me on blast and question my integrity and my character, at least do your homework and bring some facts to the table which neither of you did. 
So as I texted you on Sunday, I got both I got both picks right last week, and I am sitting here ten and zero, ten and zero, ten and zero. I mean, like again, I say nine and one, nine and one, nine and one. I can't give I legally can't give gambling advice, but to my friends and family out there, picks are on a discount. I think you can. Can't you? No, What's I can't. I don't think I can say that. I have to say like. Because Barstool does that now where they have to mention, like, gamble responsibly. They have to say it, like, every 30 seconds. Like, gamble Well, they own a sports book. I think that's a little bit different. Okay. But I'm oh, my point being is I'm 10-0. I have not missed a spread or a total at all this year. And I was actually – I said this was the week that I was going to lose it, too, because I told you guys Jacks and Lions under. But I also said in the same breath, the game was going to go over. So if it did go over, I was going to give myself credit either way. But yeah, I didn't have I to. Say, you basically right. are like, you're like the weatherman when they're predicting if, if a school's going to have a snow day. And they're like, well, it's it 50 could rain or be sunny. 50-50. You know, you might have a snow day, you might not. That way they don't lose their job if they say you are 100% happy. <laughs> I had the under. I, I had the under. I'm 10-0. I'm so credit to way, me. What's also, it called? Did you take your own advice? Have you, have you been live bullets yet or no? Did no comment. What? Have you been live bullets? Have you been taking your own advice? No comments. No, no comments. Okay. Okay. No one. Okay. Because I don't. I don't want to incriminate myself because I the the mojo is good right now. So if I start. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean. You got to kind of stay like level. I'm just head, asking. So. I'm just asking. I, I will say if this, Collins. Am I am I wrong about this? I feel like you're the king of of giving. Your your quote unquote gambling advice, making your picks on the air, but then on game flips. Day, yeah, game he day, flips. Like, yeah. I, I got the Lions today. I got him. I got him. Yeah, I'm I had them and I'm putting ten dollars on the Lions today. No, oh, literally. Last week on a Dream White Report, Rabs, I think I went like eleven and four. Like I had really? an unbelievable week, and I probably, if I like actually gambled that week, I probably would have went like two and ten. The thing about <laughs> Collins, this is the thing about Collins. He Collins knows. There are a few people that I know in this life that A, watch as much sports as Collins and B, knows as much sports as Collins. Yes. And I don't, know, I don't know the lifetime record for Ryan Collins. It's but definitely like he, below 500. Well, I believe that because most people are. But when Ryan Collins gives picks or he has insights on, on the game, like, I believe every word he says. Like, he can and convince he, me either way. But exactly. Ryan Collins is also the biggest feel guy I know. Like, I can see Collins. Like, Collins <laughs> wakes up at like 3 a.m. and it's like, you know what? The Lions are gonna win tomorrow. Like that's the that's the way he is. No, no, and I'm, a, I'm the flips. definition of a gut guy. That's why I'm not yeah. good at it, and that's why I don't put that much. <laughs> that's why I like I'm not like a sharp. I'm not like putting life savings on it. But like, I I'll, I'll be like, no, what they they came out kind of shaky last week. I I, I think they exactly, show up. That's yeah. like that's every week when the Jets play. I'm like they have to come out. Ten's too many points, and then I Collins, watch them play. Yeah, and like the Jets can't even move the ball ten yards. Collins talks himself in and out of picks up until like five minutes before kickoff. Well, That's what I love about we're talking, it. Whenever we're talking about picks, gambling, whatever the case may be, I look at Collins, I see a guy who is so smart, so sharp, so well-versed. I appreciate all the compliments right no, now, no. guys. No, I'm serious. Because <laughs> you're kicking my ass in the green and white report on the, on the picks. I think I was leading for two weeks, and since then I have – plummeted to below 500 and you're right about there so i think i'm no since i've gone no live bullets i've been good on the dream and white report so all right well keep it moving then let's let's do yeah it. no more live bullets for the rest of my life maybe <laughs> all right well let's do let's get into the actual picks now uh collins let's start with you uh the spread is falcons are a three-point favorite i assume just because they're at home um the total is 56 and a half what do you got lions money line over 
Okay. Collins, wait, wait, wait. You said earlier before I go, you said earlier this is the game the Lions win. Can you expand on that? I think I know where you're coming from. I know what you're going to say, but I just want our listeners to hear it. Well, I, I was, like, convinced that they were one of the worst bottom five teams in NFL last week, and I was wrong. I think and I the Lions are probably in that other echelon where it's like from like 16 to like 12 worst team in the league. You know what I mean? They're just kind of in that middle ground, and I don't know if they jump up and somehow make the playoffs or not or whatever. I, I digress, but this is this is a game they get you back in on because these are the games they usually win against a team that's below 500. It has talent, and it feels bigger than it really is. All right. Very good, very good. I, I, I will say this. Can you give me the over-under one more time, Rams? 56 and a half. Which is a big number for the NFL. That is Huge. a big number. That is a big number. We're talking about two mediocre to bad defenses. So I, I, I'll say this. Look, Todd Gurley, I, again, you got to just stop the run. For me, it's very simple. If you do that on defense and you make Matt Ryan beat you, which sounds so ridiculous coming out of my mouth because Matt Ryan won an MVP less than a, less than a half decade ago, but it's just like – I would rather I would rather make Matt Ryan beat the Lions than have Todd Gurley run for 200 plus yards and look like Derrick Henry all day. So I'll say that. As far as the offense goes, for me it's very simple. I think the formula that won you the Jaguars game can win you any game in this league. I really do. Even if it's just by a field goal or by a, you know a last second two point conversion, whatever the case may be. If you give Matthew Stafford time to throw and you mix up the run game so much that Carryon Johnson gets more than three carries and AP gets less than 15, I just think the Lions pull this one out and I'm going to take the over because these are two bad defenses. I'm not going to give like a score prediction, but I'd say it'd be somewhere around like 34-31 Lions. I, I, uh, I, I'm not going to be upset or surprised if the Lions defense takes a step back this week, just because like we said, they, the, the Falcons just innately have more weapons. So I, I'm not going to be surprised or upset if the Falcons put up points. I do, however, think that the Lions will find a way to keep pace. Um, this is a big, big number for the total. And I feel like the Lions had a game or two this year where the number was also very big and, and it, it went over too. I don't know what game I was, I'm thinking of. Um, but either way, I'm going to take the over in this one with the rest of you guys or with both of you guys. I'm going to take the Lions as well. Um, I would think that they win, but for the sake of just the spread, I, I would like to think that they would cover, um, if not just win outright. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a game to me, like the metaphor that I would use is that, you know, the Jaguars game got me to climb to the top of the diving board. And if they win, like this is where a lot of people are just going to jump off and go right back in. And that's, that's the beauty of being a Lions fan. It's like it can all – it looks so bad when they're one and three and, you know, everyone's hopeless and they get the one game and they, they can climb back to 500. Like, I – season ain't over, dude. I want to bring this up real quick because Lions fans remember this clear and well. The 2016 season, my favorite Lions season of all time. The Lions started one and three, proceeded to go – I think they went on like a six-game win streak after that, went to about six and three. You remember all the fourth quarter comebacks, Matt Prater at the buzzer on Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. It's feasible given the schedule. And we'll talk about that as we go. It's one week at a time. But, Rabs, you are absolutely correct. One and three looks horrible. You climb back to 500 and you're only six, seven weeks in. You can absolutely win in this league. So we'll see. Collins, you look a little yep. fired up, by the way. Something happened for you in fantasy. Listen. Yeah, what happened? Collins? Well, okay, so it was third and six. At the Dallas 35, and Ty Kyler Murray took a sack to go 
get out of field goal range. I'm down three points exactly. I just need – and if he would have hit a 50-yarder, I would be winning. Oh, so you hated that. Yeah, that's why I was upset. What's the score of that game? Okay, I'm sorry. It's I'm twenty-eight sorry. to three, Cardinals. I oh, thought it was great. I was. I'm sorry for for for. You know, that's another thing. Before we do the trifecta, I I was having a conversation with this with some with some buddies earlier. There are not a lot of teams in this league that have impressed me this year. I'm gonna be honest. Like everyone yeah. is very very beatable. Like even the even the Chiefs today. Like the, like you know, Mahomes obviously had hit his numbers. Always look fine. At the end of the day, they win games. But like. You know, between him and Josh Allen, they didn't have, like, career days today. These, there's teams that can – there is just a lot – I mean, there's always parity in the NFL. But this year, I mean, look at the Vikings. The Vikings are a mess. I still don't think the Bears are actually a good team. No. The, the Packers got blown out. Like, it, it – I, Yeah, I, I mean, the Packers one was weird, though. I, I think they're, they'll be fine. They will, the, yeah. They'll win. They by can't, you throw, like, two pitch sixes in a row, and then Bocciari gets hurt. It was yeah. just over. So I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's still wide open. We're only in what? We're going into week seven. Oh, also credit to me when I I told you guys when we did our NFL hot takes. Don't take we did our when we did our NFL hot takes to start the year, and I said that Case Keenum would be playing quarterback for the Browns by week seven. I said the Jets would be good. So how about that? That's the worst take ever. Fading, fading Ryan Collins. I believe seriously, you'd be you'd be a millionaire by now. I think I'd take last place, saying Matt Stafford would win MVP. But we'll but we'll see. That was your take. Yeah. Say say the Lions go thirteen and three. Matt Stafford could win MVP. He could. He could. Or at least comeback player of the year. Because you got to remember, he missed the last eight games last year. But you know what? I will pat Rabs on the back for that. I don't necessarily think that was a. Scorching hot take, but it was a hot take. You know, someone I, had to say it. The Browns had a lot of you know luster coming into this year with Jarvis Landry and Noble yep. Day and and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and all those guys. They kind of, they essentially ran it back as last year, but you know they also get Hooper, the tight end. He made the All Star, the the Pro Bowl. Whatever. I hate that, by the way. Just call it the NFL All Star Game. Don't call it the <laughs> Pro Bowl. It's so dumb. Like everyone else calls it. The I like it. It makes it sound more like stupid. It makes, okay. it, uh, fine. it makes it sound like – Fair point. Ball. Fair point. You know what's well, funny, too? What, what, Baker oh, Mayfield – quick, quick little brown soapbox here. Baker Mayfield's the problem in, in, in Cleveland. I think that's safe to say. The, I was the, the before and two. Well, yes, but the Cleveland Browns have played two good teams. Like, they've beaten four bad teams. they played two good teams, and they've been blown out both times. I want to I, I say it was like they scored one touchdown each game. The Ravens week one and the Steelers most recently, both division games, by the way, which is a red flag because they play in a very tough division. They're going to have to win 11 or 12 games probably to win that division or be in contention for it. So at this point, it's like you're looking at a wild card if you're Cleveland, and I don't know if they're going to pick up that option on Baker. But whatever, this is not the Cleveland rundown. I'm just Right. I, I just think it's funny. I was watching, I was watching, I think it was Get Up on the plane this morning. And Baker was getting shredded by Rex Ryan and Orlovsky and Ryan Clark. They were shredding this kid. And then Stephen A. today is like, if you're OBJ, you should request a trade from the Browns. It's just funny how, like, the Browns are 4-2. and two. If, you t- if you were to tell a Cleveland Browns fan that by week six or seven you're going to be 4-2, and two, they'd be like, where do I sign? And now everyone – like, it just – it's funny to me, but that's just how the, the world is. Uh, well, Trent, let's do the trifecta. Yes. I just want to – Expand on that real quick. Even, yeah, I don't know why we're doing this. This is not a Cleveland sports podcast. Whatever. I, I guess 
it's just like, how can you not blame Baker a little? Like, like you have the best, maybe the most talent on offense in the whole league outside of like maybe, the line sucked still. Maybe Tampa and maybe Kansas City. Whatever. Yeah, on paper. You are on loaded paper. on offense. Loaded on offense. And like you, you what? This is Baker's third head coach, fourth head coach. Like something. Come on, dude. Like pick it up a little bit. This team is very talented. They can do stuff. But I just man. Yeah, whatever. We'll move on. We'll move on. I I, I, I think I'm passionate about this. I got a buddy who's a Browns fan, and as a Lions right, fan, I always root for the Browns because I just – they're the Browns, the AFC. Yeah. Well, whatever. We'll do the trifecta here. So this is kind of a lame question to start, but I just want to I just want to kick it off with this. It's my, it's my buddy's 21st birthday tomorrow. You guys have all turned 21. All your friends have turned 21, everything. What are the best 21st birthday ideas for your buddy? Like, outside the box. I'm not talking about, like, go to the bar. Of course you go to the bar. But like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you do? Like, what are some, like, gag gifts? Or, like, what do you get? Collins. What do you do? Collins, 21. I turned 21 the day quarantine started. I was oh, not allowed right. to go okay, to the yeah. bar. March, that's right. That's right. That's right. March 16. Well, 16. That's right, that's right. Yeah. I'm good with birthdays. Rabs, you're January 9th. Carry on. Correct. Wow. wow. Thank you. I have great. no idea where either of your birthday are. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, very- I'm actually horrible with birthdays. I'm so uh, bad at Collins, it. Collins, go first. I don't know. That's my head. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, you've probably been to more than me, Rabs, because, I mean, half the people turning 21 in my grade last year that kind of got cut short, like what we were going to do. But, I mean, I went on a pedal pub this summer. That was pretty fun. I mean, that's kind of basic, though. I mean, just don't do the, like, to-do list. How about that? Don't do the like. Oh, is it a guy horrible. or a girl? Is it a guy or a girl? Guys, my roommate George. Okay, well, yeah, guys don't. Oh, guys don't turned, do that though. Oh, George yeah. is turning twenty-one. Yeah, it's Georgie. What a legend. Pagan Saint. Shout out Pagan Saint. But uh, um, yeah, just don't do the to-do list. I, I if you ever go to a girl's twenty-first and they got the like to-do list, it's like do a shot, talk to a hot guy. I'm like, what is this? It's like Dude, this thing that's stinks. a big. That's a big thing. So I have a buddy that goes to the University of Florida, and apparently in Gainesville especially, they're like the, the list for girls is a huge thing. And there was like five girls doing it when I visited him last year or whatever year it was. It, it's brutal. Like that's – They're like make out a hot guy. They see rabs. It's, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Do you have any hot friends? No, it's, 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 uh, it, it's That's tough. I would say – See, the thing that's tough, Trent, is number one, like, given the COVID circumstances, like, that's it completely – You can't let it rip. I don't want to say it You can't let it rip. But, but, like, yeah. Trent, you're also not 21, and I can imagine a lot of your friends that probably aren't also 21, correct? Correct, yes. I so mean, what, like what, – What's the plans? Yeah, I don't want to give it up. I, I, don't, don't give specifics, but give uh, sort of specifics. I'll get as specific as we need to. I'll, I'll tell you right now. We're going to the cider mill tomorrow. We got a group of people to go. We're going to dinner at Hopcat because that way George can go order. somewhere better, dude. Go somewhere better. Well, where? What? What is that? What is that Hopcat slander? It's. I mean, it's like a. It's a chain. Like, I, there's better places well, no, you can go. Say, like, where can we go eat to the point where like we can still get in if we're not 21? But like, not Hopcat. I'll tell you that. Dude, Hopcat like past nine. Dude, go to Crunchies. We might audible. That's a good I idea. I love crunch. I love. I mean, we, we love. That's crunchies. a pro- how how big's your group? You got to think COVID wise. Because if it's over ten, you, you're not going anywhere. 
Yeah, that's true. We'll figure it no, out. No, Trent, you know what I'm gonna tell you to do? Trent, go go to like downtown, go to like downtown Lansing and no, like try to sit don't outside do somewhere. That. Don't do that. Don't do that. Outside. Okay, fine, then don't. Like don't yeah, the, yeah, I, I I'm oh, critical yeah, of that cold. idea. That's right. Sorry. That's, that's cool. Okay, okay. I appreciate I appreciate the feedback. That that was just kind of a like we already well, have class, but I just wanted to, you know, if there's any last minute things I can do. Here's I my here's my here's my thing. I, I think just my my opinion is don't don't like kill George. Like don't get like don't buy him a drink. That's it. You don't need don't, to buy yeah. fifty shots. Yeah, it doesn't need to be one of those things where it's like, oh, you're twenty one. Like you have to like be in the hospital tonight. Like let's yeah. we're not let's not beat around the bush. You know, like we're, we're all we're one point college students. Like you know, this isn't his first beer. I can imagine. So let's not act like it is. You know what I mean? No comment. Yes, I know what you mean. Just buy, just buy all his drinks. Like have the boys, like everyone's like, I got this one. I got, it. yeah. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Very fair. Great, great. That's all I got. Question number two on the trifecta today. A little Detroit sports theme. We only talked Lions today, so I had to bring a little something else naturally. This conversation yeah. came up earlier this week because I was talking with my buddy about how Dwight Howard is probably a Hall of Famer now because he won his ring. He's won. He's his a Hall of Famer before. Well, I, I thought so, too, but now he's won his ring and he's completed his resume. My question is this to you guys. Ben Wallace and Chauncey Phillips, where do you, do you think they're Hall of Famers? Because if you, I, Dwight Howard is, what has Dwight Howard done that Ben Wallace hasn't done? And like, I think Whatever. I, I know what you're saying, Trent, but I, th- didn't Dw- I think Dwight came in, like, second in MVP one year. Like, he, like, Dwight Howard his- offensively is much more skilled than Ben Wallace was. Like at, at Dwight's peak, I think he was a little bit better of a rebounder too. And yeah. he, he, at his peak, Dwight tall. was better. He's also, he's also like, bigger. He's also bigger. like four inches taller. But that, that's Ben Wallace's thing. He's the heart and yeah. six foot seven. You know, he's not. And he, and he came from a JUCO. A ju, no. Yeah. What is? What is? It's not a JUCO, but it's like. Deep. I don't think it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe NIAA. Uh, Sounds NIAA. right. Is that what is that the proper like term? Yeah. Okay, whatever. But uh what do you think of Chauncey then? I, I think the thing about it, I to be honest, I have no idea what Chauncey did in his collegiate career. I think he had to be pretty good if he got drafted fourth overall, I believe, to the Celtics. But if you're just doing off pro basketball, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like he, he should he was the best player on a title team. He made, I think, multiple all-star games. And then he was uh, – well, how long was he in the lead for? Like 17 years? Very 15 long, years? Very long time. And he was good until he tore his Achilles for the Clippers. Like, he was re- he was a very productive NBA player. He well, was they, really good on the Nuggets. You kind like, of once it, up, Well, I, I just – yeah, the Nuggets, that whole thing is, like, so swept under the rug. Like, he led them they, to the – They went to the conference finals. Melo was definitely the best player, but, like, Allen Iverson gets more remembered as a nugget, but, like, Chauncey Billups did more with those teams. You know, He's way better. Melo was the driving force. But I'll say this before we get Ravs involved. I just want to read off the resume real quick because Collins alluded to it. NBA champ in 04, NBA finals MVP, five all-star teams. Uh, I mean, that's about it. But I, I, he's got his number retired with a franchise. You know, like that, that's the kind of stuff you just look for. I don't know, Ravs, what do you think? I think as to, to your original question, I think the the thing that you can make the case for Dwight Howard is like I feel like Dwight Howard pound for pound was more dominant than Ben Wallace was, and offensively, like Dwight Howard is a tier above anything Ben Wallace ever did. I mean, I wouldn't be I I don't I wouldn't 
be upset if Ben Wallace didn't get into the Hall of Fame because I feel like other than when he was with the Pistons, he was just kind of like meh versus like Dwight Howard like had, you know, more dominant years. So he should get in. Chauncey, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think if Chauncey ends up coaching somewhere too or being an executive, it's going to make his case a lot stronger. Because if he, if he continues to contribute to the game, and especially if he's a su- successful coach or right. GM, like he'll, I think it'll help his case, right, wrong, or indifferent. For sure, because then you also enter yourself into the circle of the people who vote for that kind of thing. And what, yeah. But that's well, that. Whatever. I just wanted your opinion on that. He's assistant for the Flippers now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is for he? Same oh, uh, for uh, Ty Lue. Right. Well, good for Chauncey. Good Did for not know Chauncey. that. By the way – the Pistons not hiring him still makes me mad. Just hire him for like some sort of position. Yeah, I know. You can't you can't find a you can't just pay this guy five thousand five hundred thousand dollars just to sit around in an office. Yeah, I just want him to be a part of the organization. Instead, we got Troy Weaver from the heralded Oklahoma City Thunder, who have not won anything. That's what well, we he's got. a good well, I, I, I I'm not even I'm not saying that. Just hire I him am, as the assistant. I am saying that. I am just absolutely. hire Chauncey as the assistant. Come on. Let me say this. We'll tease it right now. Pistons draft preview is coming up next week, two weeks. Who knows when we'll actually do it, but the draft is November. When's the draft? November 18th. Mark your calendars. Let's do it in a couple of weeks. Let's not do it next week. Well, I know. I'm just – just, got to keep the people a little bit interested because today we only did one team. Not that much news. Yeah. Before, but... French Connection, a little preview. Killian Hayes. <laughs> Yeah, French Connection. I, I like him. I like him. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna make that shirt once it happens. Nice. <laughs> Final question on the trifecta: What are your plans for the Michigan State game Saturday as the Spartans open the season and Big Ten football is finally back? Rabs, you start. Oh, so my first thought was, I don't, Collins. I don't know if you saw the line on this game, but it was originally like State minus seven, and it's up to like thirteen and a half now. Well. Last week on the Green and White report, Hank told us it was minus 25, 20 and a half. I don't know what he was looking that's, at. That's not, that's not yeah. close to true. I, because it was... <laughs> I still took the Spartans, so I don't care what the line is. Yeah, I... hate, hate, hate to rag on Hank because he's doing a good job, but I was at Hank. I, I door my buddies. I'm like, yeah, they're minus 20 and a half. My roommate looks at me. He's like, are you an idiot? No, they're not. <laughs> For like 10. Listen, we gave Hank props, too, after the show. We might have to give him a little shit. Yeah, we might have to – a little shellacking this I mean, that wasn't even close. But either way, uh, as far as what I'm doing for the game, I mean, noon kick on Saturday. Obviously, it's a home game for Michigan State. I'm curious to get word – I'm most excited to get word from you guys as far as what the scene is like in East Lansing because, obviously, you can't tailgate on campus, which that, like – even if you couldn't get into the game, like tailgating on campus would have been awesome. Like I probably would have come back up to do that. Yeah. But like I told you guys, at least for the Michigan game, which is now announced as a noon kickoff, which sucks on Halloween. But I will most likely be coming to see you guys for that one. But I don't. I honestly, this is this trend. This is a very depressing question because I don't know what I'm going to do. Because for the last I, four years, I've been like up at six o'clock in the morning, like yeah. freezing, only wearing a basketball jersey. Just like crushing like natural lights, so yeah, I don't know. Sorry to, sorry to cut the head off the chicken. That's, that's, that's totally not a saying, by the way. That is not a saying at all. But whatever, you get what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to dull the moment here. It but is now. With that, let's kick it to Collins because I know Collins has some plans. He's got I plans. Talking about this, but I just know you do. So let's talk. Well, I the thing is, I might be going home this weekend. Me which too. Kind of, too. kind of a buzz tail, but like, might you guys all know this? My parents have a big tailgate when Michigan State plays on campus. 
So all the parents of like the house that we live in is like are gonna have a, a tailgate at home and they invited all the kids and a couple of them are going back. I don't know if I want to because I don't know if I want to stay up in East Lansing because I, I want to cherish every game day I can get, especially since there's only eight. Dude, but, yeah, you got to do that, though. You have to go home. I know. That's like the thing. I, have I, haven't, like, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen my parents in a really long time. But you so. also got, yeah, shout, shout out, out Amory and Kelly. I'll, I'll, I'll see you on Saturday. Shout out your parents. Also, you have to remember, this is the Rutgers game. Like, if there is a game, you're going to go home for yeah. it. So you'll be all right. I'm going home. This is, that's yeah. like, that's the one thing that's kind of nice that there's like no – it doesn't really feel like there's any home or away games. So I'm treating every game like it's a home game. At yeah, least well, after I, this week. That, you know what? That is a very big plus. I didn't even think about that. I think the tailgates or quote-unquote tailgates, whatever, the, the festivities before the game, that's going to be relatively rowdy every single week regardless of – I, I think so. I don't, I, I, the thing about it is I think the house ones, it's – because if you go to – if you ever go to East Lansing on a game day, there's like three levels of tailgating. There's yeah. uh, on-campus, like the mom and dad, like dad's doing Organized. a couple like, – yeah, dad, dad's doing a couple like fireball shots. There's actually some pretty good food there. <laughs> like you know, and and the dads like get to talk. And he's like, back in like '79 when I was on Beale Street. Shout out my dad. Lived on 310 Beale. I ran by it today, Dad. If you're listening, you're probably fired up about this. Kelly. Yeah, shout out. But uh, and then there's like the second level where it's like Rabs had a couple of these last year that we went to. Where it's like the house, you got like fifteen to twenty people. Yeah, it's like a rotating cast of characters that yeah, are coming from like, all you different. Like, you got like two guys throwing the football who can't throw the football at all. I remember we. Yeah. Had- oh yeah. I, I walked into Rav's house and two people. Rav's was throwing a football at this one kid who could not throw a football, and Rav's was like, "Okay, we're done." He literally threw five balls and he's like, "Okay, we're all set." <laughs> Speaking of that, it was actually really funny, but. You have that, and then you have like the flat thing where you're not. It's not really tailgating. It's just like a party. Yeah, or it's like all the girls trying to like get dressed up. They're like, "Oh, let's go to party for like." I don't think that level will happen, but everything else will happen. You know what I mean? Like, I do think. Yeah, yeah. and let's be honest. Be... Also, that's the one. That's the part that we want to happen. We want all that stuff to be. We're guys, you know. We're not like gotta look. Well, good. I mean, I, I like. I'm I'm assuming there's I bet there's guys who want to go to those frat like tailgates and stuff like that. Well, of they're, course, uh, they're honestly not that fun. But look, like looking, I'm trying to like think, like I I don't know. I could I could see it going either way. Like I could see it being super rowdy. Like every house is like they're getting after it. Like there there's stuff going on. Everyone's playing like beer games in the front. You got like ten to fifteen people. You're not, it's not something crazy where you're going to get the cops shut down on you for like COVID stuff. Basically doing what people have been doing kind of on like Saturdays, sometimes when it's nicer out up in East Lansing. But like, I could also see being like dad because. Well, this is going to be, this is going to be a huge, this is going to be a big week. One is going to be a big feeling out period because you're right. Cons like the echelons of, of how the tailgating goes is like those, the big thing to do, especially at state is like those frat tailgates are huge, but usually the people at those tailgates, like a don't make it to the game, B sleep through the entire game or like, C don't care about the game. Like work out from a different yeah. cloth to where my tailgate experience, like I would much rather, you know, like be at the stadium at eight o'clock in the morning with the Collins family. Cause I can like talk to Mr. Collins about like, Oh, like what'd you shoot last weekend? Like at, at forest acres East, Mr. Collins. Or like, what do you think about Clemson this year? Are they the real deal? Like, how's Notre no, Dame? I'll tell you the one conversation my dad has with everyone that he meets. 
Let me tell you something about Michigan. They're not that good. I don't. I just don't. I don't see it for them this year. And everyone's like, Dad. I. I mean, I think they have like the best wide receiver core in the Big Ten. He's like, I don't know. Have you seen? Have you seen Trey Mosley? I'm like, okay, Dad. Let's like. He's a nice player, but let's I. Play. I cannot believe I have not met your dad. I mean, the amount of yeah. time you guys didn't come to any of the tailgates last year. I know. Well, I, I was hosting. I know. I was hosting. It is Either way, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big feeling out period because, like you said, Collins, I could see it being where just for game one because people are so fed up, like everyone's just raging at their respective houses. I don't know what the as far as law enforcement, like if they're gonna be shutting people down. I don't think they're gonna let a lot of the fret stuff go because if there's like a lot of people there, which there will be. Because especially the, usually the kids at the frat parties too are like younger, like, like I know like a lot yeah. of the juniors and seniors like don't really get involved in that stuff as much anymore as far as like when they're as they progress through their fraternity. But there's going to be people there, so if they get shut down, then it's going to set the precedent for the rest of the year. But as far as what I like to do, like I like we've said a million times, we're just cut from a different cloth. I need to be watching the pregame shows. I like to have. You know, if, if, if it's like a 3.30 kick, I'm watching, like, other games at noon. I'm not outside, like, getting after it. So, well, I don't know. We'll see. You, you, the thing about the tailgate, you get after it, but you get after it in a different sense. Yeah. Like, you, you, peak, at, you peak at 3.30 when you get into right. the game. And then, you, and then like, the first, half, first quarter, you're like, Michigan State meets, like, one bad play, and it's like, snap. You, you just sobered up. You're like, what are we doing? Yeah. What is our offensive line doing? I, I, I like, I, and then whatever. You deal with it. I'm going to miss going to the student oh. session this year, though. It, yeah. Going to a student session at any football game, even though Spartan Stadium does it so poorly. Like, people talk about how bad Michigan State's football student session is. It's because the people who are running it are complete morons. If you, you want to do it, you do it like Michigan, and you have season – you actually have season tickets, and you have your own seats – so people can go with their friends and they don't have to worry about sitting out to a bunch of drunk idiots. You know what I mean? Like, that's a perfect exactly. setup. That's that's the only way you can do it, and they don't do it that way. But I still like the people watching the student session. It's a zoo, especially the first game of the year when all the freshmen go. You're like, what is it? Like, there's yeah. like th- – you, you, every, like, two seconds you'll look out right, and there's just, like, a bunch of secu- security slash police. And there's nothing – the kid's not doing anything. You just obviously threw up. And it's like cleared out like five sections. It's it makes me laugh every time. You're so right about that. You're very right, and that is going to be a bittersweet moment when we don't get that when the Spartans kick off and kick Rutgers' butt on Saturday. Go green. I can say that here, right? I, I, I can say that. Yeah. Here. yeah I mean, I don't. Right. I mean, yeah. who cares? I mean, we all go to Michigan State. I, if right. you don't say, I mean, what? I mean, went, but that that kind of hurt in their abs. Yeah, went. thanks. We are all uh, smart. Are- I, I think if Michigan State stinks too, there could be like – because there's a possibility that's like a thing. If Michigan State's competitive, I think, like throughout the season, there'll be some – I don't know. College kids are idiots. I think they'll be tailgating all eight weeks all pretty hard. Yeah, it's just any reason to celebrate here in 2020, we'll take it. But, you know – Yeah, I will, I will be proudly celebrating. Rabs, you said something very, very uh, – that rang true with me earlier. We're all cut from a different cloth, and that's why I posed yeah. the question because I enjoy talking sports with you guys. That concludes the trifecta. That is all I got for this week. Collins, you got something to say? So, I honestly like. What do you think is going to happen to all the cheerleaders? Start like the cheerleaders start like demo, and like you know who I'm talking oh, about? Like the girl. I was. I had no. Like that. That business that. has to be like in shambles for not having the like warmer games this year. Like. <laughs> 
You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, like, dude, you it, know what? You're, you're, you, that is a good point because there, there's always like the one, there's the one game that comes like late October that you see like the transition of like people, like people kind of throw the towel and I'm like dressing up for the towel because it just, it's too cold. Yeah. Like you're not and even then, like wearing like yeah. state stuff and you're just like wearing a winter coat. You're like, no, here, he, this is, this is a, uh, this is the classic week where the drills have like those like puffy, like Sherpa coats. And have like nothing on at under it. I'm like, what are you doing? It's still 20 degrees. Put a shirt on. Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. We'll we'll have to do a little update on that every show. Is that is that allowed? I mean, I don't hang out with that many girls. So. I, 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 <laughs> no, but it, it's just a matter of like you'll see it on Instagram. Like I'm curious. Like are people because people might be afraid of getting shamed, and that's going to happen too. Like, well, I can't believe you guys are tailgating for like or like that's I can't like the people are going to come be out on Twitter. I will be tailgating. I'll be doing it with like probably ten to fifteen people, though. You can put it on the front page, the back page, whatever. We will win this game. Keith <laughs> Wallace, shout out Sheed. We didn't talk about Sheed today. We talked about Ben Wallace and Chauncey. Shout out Sheed. Shout out Rip. Shout out Tayshawn. Shout out the old four Pistons. Kind of went yeah, off the rails at the end of this. That was good. I mean, we had to. We had nothing else to talk about. What's it called? Shout out four Pistons is a pretty good way to end the episode. Unless you guys have anything else to yeah. say. Yeah. I don't know. Go green. I just, I, they, uh, by the way, how does Michigan State not release the depth chart yet? Well, yeah, we talked about this on the green and white report, Rabs. It's, 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 I just wanted to get Rabs in the mix. Like, it's, it's, every day I just like look, I'm like, it, it is. Is that, a, like, is that a Mel, is that a Mel thing though? Like, I know Harbaugh's like very close to the chest with his too. Like, yeah, but like, I have zero idea who's starting at quarterback for Michigan State. That is not a good feeling going into week one. <laughs> I love it. I actually, I actually love it. I think you're going to see – I think you'll see Theo and Rocky, like, in the same, like, amount of time. I really do. I think you'll – if you're going to see more than one quarterbacks, I think you'll see all three. Because Peyton Thorne is probably right in that mix. Yeah, there. I heard that he's been, like, good in camp too. I don't know, man. I, I, I That's why it's, like ex- – because that's the thing is because of the whole COVID situation, I mean, you really haven't – I haven't been able to, like, follow the team like I was last year. Yeah. Like, you know – like who's playing where? Like the de- like you said, the depth chart, and now you got a new regime with Mel. That was actually cool. Being I drove through Boulder on my way to Rocky Mountain National Park with uh, Mel Tucker's old stomping grounds. So I heard Cal- that place Colorado. is sick. It's, it looks so cool. It's so cool. Um, but I digress. But yeah, that's all I got. Anything else? For the record, nope. I will say I think it's going to be all Rocky. We might see Theo. Hopefully, we might, we might see Theo or Peyton in garbage time. I think it's all Rocky. I really are you guys in on Rocky or out? Because I'm in. Out, I'm I, out. I'm fully committed to being in on Rocky. Out, I out, am out. the classic weatherman, fifty fifty in on on Rocky. We're gonna have to see how Week One goes. His name's Rocky Lombardi. How does that not work? <laughs> He'll figure it out. Yeah. He'll figure it out. By the way, last thing, last thing. I promise. I know I'm a, I know I'm a chatterbox today. DeAndre Swift is one of the greatest names for a running back I've ever heard in my life. It's very good. It's I mean, a very I mean, good the only name. thing that would be better is like Speedy Gonzalez. Seriously, like I, I don't know, I'm t- dude. It's like the SEC. They just like, like you'll like tune into a random three thirty SEC game every year. You're like, and you just find like the coolest name every year. You're like, yeah. what is like? It's like yeah. a cornerback. You're like, I don't know why I thought the name was really cool, Greedy but so, yeah, Greedy Williams. Like, I South Carolina has like a cornerback named Joe Horn. And for some reason, I think that's a cool name. I'm like, I like this guy. If I heard Joe that Horn a receiver in the NFL, I think yeah, I think it's his like dad. That's his dad. Oh, nice. If I heard the name Joe Horn, I'd probably be like, that's a Collins guy right there. Also, one last thing. I swear this is the last thing. Shout out my buddy Nate. 
<clears throat> for coming over. I had my buddies over for the Lions game. I, I cooked a little. We, we had a, we had a nice little game days. What you cook? I made pigs in a blanket. I made like a ton of them. And then wow. we had multiple dipping sauces, and I had some dips and, and some uh, – Are you a mustard or a ketchup guy? Both. I do one, one end, one end. But all I was going to say – I raw dog it, by the way. Hey, that's fine. That's fine with me. All I was going to say was shout out my buddy Nate for coming over with no Lions gear, but he had a Georgia Bulldog shirt on to support Matthew Stafford and DeAndre Swift. I loved nice. it. Nice. Such an outside-the-box move. I loved it. No, that's like going – that's like the classic, like – Michigan State guy who goes to Michigan State is like, oh, I'm going to go to Michigan for a tailgate, and you wear, like, a Detroit Tigers, like, shirt. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, you, you, you got to play it neutral. You can't be that guy who just, like, shows up non-Michigan, Michigan State game with a Michigan State shirt. True. Just Man, rude. That's all I got. Just rude. All right, well, let's wrap it up for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every week. We will see you next time.